0: Hello there, and welcome to the k Word, a professional wrestling podcast all about Kofi Kingston. Joining me this week, as always, we have James. Hello. And we have Beck. Hello. And, uh, yeah, it's been a while since we last spoke to you all. We've uh, been, you know, we've got a newfound respect for the WWE for getting out so much content on a weekly basis that we can barely manage a monthly podcast, but... Enough of that nonsense. Before my accent mysteriously changes, let's go straight into some of the biggest news of the past month or so. And that's all the WWE releases. Talent asking to leave, talent being forced to leave, talent being sent home. It's been a mad month or so, hasn't it?
1: It's been quite brutal, really. Yeah, I mean, um, out of the ones that have hit me the hardest, probably Wade Barrett.
0: Yeah, which. Wade Barrett is one we knew was coming, but still didn't make any less gutting when it actually happened.
2: Yeah. I think the one that upset me the most was Sandow, because last podcast we anointed Sandow as our new favourite to follow now that Wade Barrett was leaving. And yeah. Uh... We're not very good at this. <laughs> we <Well, laughs> We're it's
1: not... pretty sad as well, because of, at the WrestleMania, during the armbar, he actually got such a huge pop just doing his little thing, you know, and he jumped at him with, um,
2: who was it, Shaq? Shaq and Big Show, yeah. Yeah,
1: and the crowd loved him. And I guess it just proves WWE says, you know, find a way to get over. And he totally did. But yeah. it didn't really
0: matter S- Sandow Sandow got over with just about every gimmick WWE stuck him with. And still, he was released on the grounds that creative had nothing to do with him. Whereas, literally, they could have done anything with him, really, and Sandow would have made it work.
2: do with him is their job.
0: If they don't have anything to do with him,
2: don't get rid of him. Get rid of them.
0: Yeah. So, Sandow's gone. Barrett's gone. Two big names. Cody Rhodes has asked for his release and been granted it. Again, another guy who was really failed by creative and...
2: Did you get a chance to read the open letter he wrote about his why he asked for his release and so on?
0: Yes, uh, I found yeah, it was... What did it say? It was inflammatory, he uh... he said that he um, had plenty of ideas of how
2: they could progress his character, how he really wanted to go back to being Cody Rhodes again, you know like over six months before he even eventually asked for the release and so on. Um, but...
0: He called the headwriters of Raw and Smackdown one a Brian Gerwitz wannabe and the other spent all his time hitting on developmental divas. Yeah. He, he really let it all out in that. Yeah, he said that numerous... He spoke to numerous writers
2: and they all sympathised with him and said they tried to put his case across, but whenever he spoke to either of the headwriters... They'd spend the entire time pretending to be too busy working on laptops that you could see wasn't weren't even powered on.
1: That's so disrespected him as far as he's concerned.
0: Yeah, and especially as they made such a big thing out of uh, him and Goldust at the uh, NXT Dustin Rhodes Tag Tournament business. Like, you'd think that someone with that kind of lineage would have been afforded a bit more respect. And by the sounds of it, he was he's just been treated like a joker. And you kind of don't blame him for wanting out. No.
2: Yeah. I think it's a very smart move for him as well. I mean, he's only 30 years old. There's plenty of time for him to go off to, you know, Japan or wherever and make a name for himself and then come back when WWE actually want him and want him. Yeah. To- use his name and you know his talents and you know not just have him in this terrible undercard spooky stardust gimmick
0: Yeah, and writers are I'd say possibly more easily replaceable than talented wrestlers maybe that's a a discussion for another time but the current head writers of Raw and Smackdown are not always going to be the head writers of Raw and Smackdown and you'd imagine uh, with a man, uh, for a man with a legacy such as Dustin Rhodes, the American Dreamer's is dad, the door's always going to be slightly open, no matter how many feathers he ruffles on the way out.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that.
0: And you know, while we're talking of ruffling feathers on the way out, Ryback is another <laughs> kind of—he's not—he's not gone, he's not been released yet, but he is kind of. He he's been sent home or he's asked to go home for a bit and has done a similarly inflammatory post when he yeah. left as well.
2: Yeah, I'm amazed he wasn't released to be yeah. honest after what
0: he said. And after wrestling, possibly the best Ryback match I've ever watched, like him and Callisto on the Payback Pre Show was made me really, really appreciate Ryback. Yeah, I think it's certainly the best singles match I've seen in wrestling Yeah, he he was so good in that match. And I know we've given him stick before for being boring, but while I was watching that match, I was like, no, Ryback's pulling it out of the bag here. And then the next day it was like, oh, he's gone home. Uh, He was clearly wrestling with all the pressure off, knowing that it was his last match. Yeah.
1: And then we've lost a few um, Divas as well.
0: Yes, it would be... uh... Remiss to not talk about the divas who we have uh, who have also been released.
1: As far as I'm aware, it's Cameron and Eden, is that right?
0: I believe so. Yes.
1: I've got to admit, I don't really know very much about those divas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's the reason. Um, Cameron's most famous contributions to wrestling are being one half of the Funkadactyls trying to cover someone that was lying on their front instead of on their back and yelling at the referee to count them down. Um, And on Tough Enough telling Stone Cold Steve Austin that her favourite match of all time was a random nothing match between Melina and Alicia Fox. Ooh. Produced a very famous Stone Cold reaction gif of him losing all faith in humanity.
0: (laughs) I'd I see, seen that GIF before, but I didn't know the context for it. Oh, I'm no. going to have
1: to find this. I'm going to have to find this GIF. What, what should this, I search, search for?
2: Stone Cold Melina versus Alicia Fox.
1: Stone Cold Melina versus Alicia
0: Fox GIF. Was that him there? Yeah. You, I, I'm sure you've already seen it because I, I think someone... I don't know, it was. Must have posted it in the Banter <laughs> Channel before.
1: <laughs> it's like, I. Oh, oh, fantastic. What I
2: like about that compared to, like, I, I think it's the only gift from the same ilk is the Nathan Fillion one. Yeah. But Austin, you know, actually is genuinely. Like, that's not a, an acting performance, that's him
1: actually losing hope. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, the Nathan one where he goes to explain something and then is struck once again by the, the sentence he's just
0: heard.
3: Yeah.
1: And this is very similar.
0: Yeah. Also gone, I think Adam Rose has asked for his release and been granted it, which Adam Rose can do one as far as I'm concerned, I think, given his recent misdemeanours. Yeah. And. Would Alex... you like
1: to spank on his recent misdemeanors?
0: He's been beating up women, hasn't he? Well, he's been accused of it. Oh, okay. yeah.
2: for the legal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. E-
2: excellent. He walkers us into the ground. Yeah, he's been arrested on suspicion of, and also of tampering with a witness, which apparently was trying to take the phone away
0: from her while she was calling the police. Jeez, okay. And all while suspended on a drugs violation. Yeah. yeah. I didn't
1: the WWE uh, had their very, very standard, we wish him well for the future, and nothing else on their website on their announcing his release.
0: Hornswoggle. Mm-hmm. Hornswoggle's oh. gone. Hornswoggle's gone. Christian's gone as a as a performer contract. Like, didn't he retire about two years ago? Yeah.
1: yeah. they just had a lot of guys that were. Who was the other one who's really random who's still on there?
0: Um,
2: uh Santino Marella.
1: That's it. Yes.
0: Like what? Like who? Who knew any of those were still?
1: I don't think WWE knew because a few days before Hornswoggle tweeted something like, "Next week I'll have been with WWE for ten years."
2: When they were like, "Oh, shit, he's still employed with us." <laughs>
1: By God, he's right. <laughs> Get my, him my, out of here.
2: My favourite one of those is um. JTG who hadn't been on TV for years and then he was finally fired and he tweeted oh shit they found me <laughs>
0: yeah i do remember something like i think triple h's or oh, triple h uh, is contract was released and um, there was something like they they're going to pay you a minimum amount of money or whatever money you earn on top of that for appearances so guys like JTG or Christian or Hornswoggle despite the fact they weren't making appearances were still getting paid a minimum amount of money every year and you just you'd have to assume that even without making how like 50 appearances on TV a year that's still a kind of decent paycheck every month
1: yeah and,
0: well I'd not say no no like and if I was still getting a paycheck from WWE, despite not being on TV for time, I would be like, "Yeah, yeah, Vince, keep keep giving me that money." Don't... Yeah,
1: keep very quiet. Don't ruffle any feathers, like you say.
3: Yeah,
0: keep your head down. Or ruffle all the feathers on your way out because you've had enough. And I really do think we're kind of in a a weird place where, like, some really strong talent is leaving. And it's leaving a wide open gap in the roster. At the same time that they want to massively expand the roster into a brand split, and if guys are kind of happily walking away from WWE and saying, "I can do better elsewhere," does this mean WWE isn't the kind of promised land of wrestling that everyone kind of that WWE definitely thinks it is?
2: I think. There's a weird two-way street where for maybe like basically since WCW folded for most of the last 15 years, with a brief exception when TNA was sort of relevant if you squint sort of like, you know, seven or eight years ago. Otherwise, that entire period of time, WWE have basically been the only game in town. Yes. And if you wanted to wrestle and make good money, you pretty much had to work for them. Like, there were some particularly dedicated people like, you know, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Samoa Joe, et cetera, who were making a living on the independent scene. Um, but even then, you know, most of the independent guys also had part-time deals with TNA or whatever. And if you wanted to make a proper, comfortable living, you had to work for WWE. Now, the WWE have spent a lot of time and effort recruiting the hottest stars from around the world, and I think it might have had the reverse effect of shining a bigger light on those other promotions from, you know, you know, uh, like New Japan and so on that previously most wrestling fans in America and in the UK and so on didn't really know that well. Now they're seeing people like AJ Styles who come into WWE from that, and it's making it clear that. You can make a living out there, you can raise your profile and you can come back and negotiate a better deal. I mean, we've seen it with Luke Gallows as well, who, like, other than a brief round as Luke Gallows, was Festus when he was in WWE. Which, for those who don't know, was a essential functional retard Hodor-like character who turned into a violent monster when the bell rang. That was his actual gimmick. And then he's come back and been part of a serious main event angle. I think people like Cody Rhodes, who previously would have been stuck with no alternative but to stay in WWE, collect their paycheck and be forever remembered as a no-name person or forever not remembered, are now fancying their chances at going abroad and seeing what else is out there, which just you know, five years ago wouldn't really have been... Absolutely
0: like- unheard of. That is true, and the WWE is kind of really profiting off at the minute, especially in NXT, having all these big names come in. And do you think that these releases, Ryback, Cody Rhodes, Sandow, are potentially kind of a symptom of guys on a similar level being treated better in NXT just because they're newer to the system? Like, is there anything particularly better about... Austin Aries, other than the myth, mythology that he's not wrestled for WWE before, that puts him above Cody Rhodes?
2: I mean, I don't know Austin Aries well enough yet to really be able to say specifics on whether he's better than Cody Rhodes, but I certainly think that fans have more of a reason to care about him because Cody Rhodes has spent the last 10 years in the 50 50 club, winning half his matches, losing half his matches. And none of his matches mattering anymore as a result. Whereas Austin Aries, if there's an Austin Aries match, you still want to watch it. And that's not really the case for Cody Rhodes, I think. Yeah. So I definitely think there is some logic that you know familiarity breeds contempt. The you know it's easier to book angles with guys that you haven't had around before.
0: Absolutely. So something that we've touched on there, and the Biggest news in wrestling is SmackDown moving to Tuesday nights, going live, and bringing back the brand split. Uh, yeah. Now I've got a few questions about this, but at the same time, I'm, there's there's plenty of things to talk about here. But I think the first one is: Do WWE currently have the roster and the major stars? To support a brand split,
1: I wanted to see a brand split when I first got into WWE, and James was showing me a lot of the stuff from the previous brand split, and mm. I, I really like the dynamic of that, and then also the excitement of when they come together at the big
2: pay-per-views. Yeah, like I remember you enjoying watching the Royal Rumbles and like the Raw commentator and the SmackDown commentator rooting on their guys, and talk. you could sense the excitement when people from the different brands were interacting with each other
3: yeah and
1: i would really like to see a kind of brand split where they're closer than they were then so like i wanted to see sort of more jumping between the rosters of the guys like having it not quite so rigid Mm -hmm. so in that sense i think that if, if they do do it that way they probably could get away with it but i do think they I'm worried that it's just going to be a McMahon vehicle is my issue at the moment. But it's just going to be a chance for us to get more McMahon politicking (laughs) rather than the actual more engaging content with the wrestlers, you know?
0: Yeah. My very next bullet point here is, is the brand split just more McMahon bollocks? Is one of them going to be on SmackDown and the other one on Raw and... Actually these shows aren't a brand split, they're just a continuation of uh, this the current view between Stephanie and Shane, but with wrestlers on certain teams. Because that's that's not the point of a brand split, surely. The point of the brand split is that you have all these guys, you can't put them all on every show. So you have your Monday night show, your Tuesday night show, these guys were on here, you like this show because it's the big handsome men. And you like this show because it's the technical wrestling, like the Paul Heyman era Smackdown.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean, I think I said this when we briefly touched upon a brand split in one of the earlier episodes, but to me, the we've already had a brand split, and one of the brands is Raw and Smackdown, and the other brand is NXT. And what worries me is what happens to NXT in amongst this, because... I think, in answer to your first question, I don't think, frankly, they have the major stars, but I think that like, SmackDown already doesn't really have major star power. They tend to primarily focus on, you know, the mid-card or upper-mid-card on SmackDown already, so I don't Mm -hmm. think that's such a major issue. What bothers me more is the idea that they're going to support the larger roster they need by cannibalizing NXT, and nxt suffering or even like there are rumors of it going away well i mean the next takeover
1: event is called the end it's called the end and triple h tweeted today what happens after the end and they've got no more tour dates you said didn't you jack
0: as far as i can see on wwe.com there are no more nxt tour dates after kind of the end of june which would nicely coincide with if smackdown went away and wasn't actually SmackDown, if it was WWE, Raw and NXT, like, is that good, is that bad? I know I'd feel a lot less good about paying a tenner every month for the network if I didn't know I was getting NXT on it every week.
2: Yeah, I mean, Beck and I have actually already been discussing this, because for, like, for American viewers, I think in America you get, do get um, Raw and SmackDown on the network, like the you know the day after their end. But in the UK, due to broadcasting issues with Sky, they're not up for a month. And the idea of having to be behind on NXT for a month, like I, I don't think I could justify continuing to get the network for that. I'd have to look for other means to uh, to uh-huh. keep.
0: Absolutely, uh, and I, I almost said this earlier and then thought, no let's say it with the podcast, if if NXT goes off the network and if I can't watch NXT on a Sunday morning, that's a network cancel for me, I'll probably buy it again just before the Royal Rumble and again just before WrestleMania, but I can't see why I'd pay nine ninety nine a month when the thing that I enjoy most about the product, all of a sudden I can't watch.
1: Yeah, or can only watch on a month's delay. At which point,
0: what's the point? At which point it's moved on so far that yeah, like does do any of us watch the the old the old three hour episodes of Raw that come on a month late? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. It, like I might watch uh, this week in WWE to catch up. That's why, but...
3: right, yeah, yeah.
0: Who who's got the time for one to sit and watch a three three hour episode of Raw a month late? And also the story has moved on so far from then and the angle has been changed.
2: Yes and no. Like it's the story moves at such a glacial pace nowadays that you can almost get away with it. But on the whole, I definitely agree. Like for RAW and SmackDown, I'll watch like, you know, I'll look up what happened if the stuff that's worth watching, then I'll go on the WWE YouTube page and watch that. But I'm not going to, you know, earnestly stay up to date a month behind on the network. No. Like, the network is a fantastic service on the whole, and it would be a no-brainer to keep it if the creative quality was better in the product generally. But the watching Raw and SmackDown a month late is arguably the worst part of the network or like the, the feature that's most poorly realized
0: yeah like i think i've used i've watched a few old episodes of raw i've watched uh a cesaro cena match mm-hmm. which a lot of people said was one of the best matches of 2015 and it was uh, and that was just me getting caught up on cesaro it wasn't a kind of I'm going to go back and watch this Raw from ages ago because I want to, or it's just because I, I knew that that match was there and that it was good.
2: Yeah, I mean, I like, I like having the archive of Raw's and SmackDowns. I wish it was more filled out. Like um, Beck and I, we've we mentioned this a couple of times, we watched the build-up to the 2004 WrestleMania, and it would have been nice, I think, to potentially continue watching Raw's and SmackDowns after that event, but they just stop after the WrestleMania.
1: I think all of 2007 is missing, isn't it?
2: There there are vast parts of the entire back catalogue missing. And, like, very slowly they've been adding them. Like, occasionally, you know, once every three months, they're just like, we put up another year.
0: It's like, good. They they emailed me the other day, or a marketing email, saying, uh, Jack, uh, the McMahon Helmsley era of SmackDown is now on the network. And I, I, I was like, yeah, but. We've had McMahon Helmsley era of everything for about ten years now. Like wh- what? That's not a selling point. And like Triple H's champion on SmackDown does does not interest me in any way. It's like what? What are they thinking when when they send that kind of thing out? Uh, but also like what? Who? Who's gone? Yeah, I'll watch the network now.
1: Yeah, it feels sort of out of touch.
0: The, yeah, it does feel really quite out of touch. I, I, I'm really hoping that this entire thing is actually a swerve and USA Network have bought SmackDown to be SmackDown and NXT continues the you know, Lord's work that it's doing with the most talented wrestlers in the company.
1: What I predict is that the NXT wrestlers will be available to be drafted. And that some of them will get called up via that. And that hopefully... I, I don't know how NXT will carry on considering, you know, the things we've seen in the end being a thing. But, yeah, that's my prediction. They'll be available to be drafted, and they might not all get drafted. And then they'll, you know, I expect, you know, possibly Bailey or...
2: I'm being optimistic and hoping... That Triple H's tweet is just talking, sort of vaguely cryptically, and there'll be an announcement about NXT continuing, because I don't see like NXT exists not just as a selling point, but it serves a purpose from a developmental standpoint, and you can't just start putting, you know, green people up on Raw and SmackDown. I mean, unless they're Braun Strowman, but broadly you can't. Like, they need somewhere to season and get that proper experience. And NXT, I think, is watched... Like, it's an amazing show and definitely miles better than Raw and SmackDown. But I think at the same time, it's also watched somewhat charitably. Like, if wrestlers aren't as good, there's an understanding that they are in developmental. They don't get in Raw and SmackDown.
0: It would seem like a almost a terrible business decision that they elevated their developmental process to a TV show to then kind of go, Well actually no, we're we're not doing this anymore. We're not going to give our younger rawer talents the platform and the kind of we're not gonna work on the same cameras that everyone else is working on. Like why would you kill off that arm of things?
2: Yeah, or I, I've,
0: bump it back down.
2: I do have faith that they won't, but that might just be hope rather than expectation. I don't
1: know. Speaking of what you just said, Raw would be a far better name for NXT than it is for Raw, (laughs) right? (laughs) Because Raw is like a polished product, right? With the wrestlers that are supposed to be the next.
0: That's what we're supposed to think.
2: Raw is now one of the most poorly named shows on television. When it first debuted... And for the following, like, seven or eight years, it suited it perfectly. But, yeah.
1: But, it should become raw. You can
0: hardly call it well done, though, either, can you? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is true.
1: Medium rare. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, just very, makes, very tame. Makes me feel blue. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what, one good thing I will say about the Smackdown announcement, though, that we've not touched upon at all, is that the fact that there's gonna be a brand split and a draft uh you know, rostering was only half of the news they broke. The other part is that it is becoming live. And if I never have to listen to the hairdryer cheers on SmackDown, then that will be a wonderful thing. Like, SmackDown has, in my opinion, the best commentary team in WWE with the possible exception of NXT. Um King as a Hegel commentator and Mauro Ranallo and despite that it's an unlistenable show because of how horrifically distractingly bad the crowd reactions are and if they fix those then that's one positive regardless
0: of anything else See I, I wanted to touch on Ranallo like presumably he came into the company with a reputation and An ambition that he knows he's better than Byron Saxton, JBL and Cole like he must be angling for like I know if if I was in his position like angling for the lead announcer would you feel hard done by for all of a sudden just being the being the voice of Smackdown or do you see this as your Tuesday night I'm live now and I'm not going to have Kevin Dunn fucking with my audio quite so much
2: you're just gonna have vince mcmahon in your ear yelling at you for not putting over roman reigns even though he's on raw
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's an interesting one and it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with it but they can't book one show really that consistently can they book two It's
2: interesting, because, like, ever since being called up on the WrestleMania pay-per-view, Baron Corbin has only been feuding with Dolph Ziggler, and basically only interacting in any way with Dolph Ziggler, and that's with a full roster, and now, if they're going to split the roster in half, then, like, he's never going to escape him, and, like... The, the paper, like, this is a criticism that Beck and I have had of the shows the last couple of months in particular is that wrestlers only ever interact with whoever they're in a feud with and it makes every single show feel exactly the same and it's really tiresome and annoying
3: and yeah, every, that is only,
2: between... like, that's that's with a full roster and it's only going to be exacerbated by a brand split, isn't it?
0: Hold does those does a brand split give you some freedom to work within you, where you go okay well these two guys are feuding but also on our brand we've got this guy so say on Smackdown you have Ziggler Corbin and Sin he's not doing anything so what happens when Corbin accidentally try, well, tries to punch Ziggler and accidentally hits Sin all of a sudden you've got a match there for SmackDown tonight with Ziggler on commentary. Like, having a smaller roster for each one kind of can almost put you in a more confined space to work with the guys that you've got and put on good matches just because... Claustrophobic. Just because everyone's in together, that kind of thing, you can build feuds differently...
2: Yeah, but the thing is, they can do that now. They just don't. <laughs> like they, they, they have twice as much ability to do that at the moment as they will do. Because I mean, like you mentioned, like he they, he could interact with Sin Cara, but right now he could interact with Sin Cara. He could interact with Callisto. He could interact with I know Del Rio. You know, probably ones that aren't Mexican. So, <laughs> but they still have him only interacting with Dolph Ziggler. And when their options are limited, is that going to be even more of a problem? Like, the only argument I could see for... Like, other than, like you say, maybe... If if we're being charitable, they could sort of have to up their game um because they're more confined. Like, maybe they're so scared of the vast ball pit they're in that they're staying in one corner, and if the ball pit is a bit smaller, maybe they'll feel safer to venture out into it a bit further. But... The only thing I think that is a genuine positive is that with half as many shows in which to feature the wrestlers, storylines will have to av- advance quicker in order to keep up the pay per views. So there won't be, there'll only be four shows to build between each pay per view rather than seven or eight. Suddenly they'll have to. But they can be do what they did some. before when they all
1: changed the pay per views.
2: Oh, God, no. We can't have that again. No. I I don't think they would do that, just because in the previous brand split, they did that and then stopped doing it because they they had had half the price of the the other pay-per-views.
1: That makes sense.
2: Because if you you buy a pay-per-view because you really like John Cena and want to see how he's doing, you're not going to buy any pay-per-views of the show he's not on. And the one that was the real nail in the coffin is when they tried to make ECW its own brand. And gave ECW its own pay-per-view, um, which got the record for the lowest buys of any WWE pay-per-view ever. Wow. Like, at the very least pre-network. I don't know about now that people can watch it without having to buy the pay-per-view specifically. I don't know.
1: But, but then, um, I completely forgot what I was going to say about that. That struck me. <laughs> That's
0: quite important. Never so- mind. While we're on pay-per-views, we have just had, and this is a harken back to the old brand split days, we've had two pay-per-views in three weeks, like uh, Payback and Extreme Rules with very, very similar cards. They they came and went so quickly that we couldn't actually record a reaction episode to Payback or a predictions episode for Extreme Rules before... like. The window for that had gone,
2: and I, it's they were so samey pay-per-views that I don't think we needed to.
0: <laughs> no, the the they were basically the same show twice. Like I think the general opinion of both pay-per-views was that I, I've not watched all of Extreme Rules yet, but I did watch Payback live, and the wrestling on it was really solid. It was an enjoyable show to watch except for the fact that the booking was occasionally slightly off or the finishes for most of the matches seemed yeah. slightly off and I, I get the impression and I, I am going to ask you guys to sell watching the rest of Extreme Rules to me because I've only watched uh, the Intercontinental title match which uh, again we'll come back to later because the fantastic sell watching the rest of Extreme Rules to me after I've already watched Payback.
2: Okay, so... Um, let's do this. Cut match by match. And if I miss any, let me know. Um, Ziggler versus Corbin. Happened on both of them. The Extreme Rules match had the right person go over. So it's a more satisfying watch than the Payback one was.
0: Okay. Um, what tag team?
2: Tag, the uh, tag titles match. Like, or the you know, the Ford Villains tag match um, didn't feature a horrible, horrible injury. Which um, is always a plus.
1: Um, also, uh Xavier Woods, yeah. he always mentions that his DMs are open. This is just a fun fact. Yeah. They are. You can <laughs> go on Twitter and you can message him anything you like privately to him at no. Xavier Woods PhD. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to Twitter in a bit because I've got something I want to tell you about Twitter later okay. on. But, that was very much because Xavier was the one out of um, New Day that didn't wrestle, wasn't he? Well,
2: he normally is, but this time it was uh, Kofi didn't
1: wrestle. sat out. That's right.
2: Uh, Episode names, Yeah, I think he was still feeling the negative effects of suddenly becoming Jamaican again in the time machine. <laughs>
3: that was amazing.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, the War Villains look great, and they're hilarious.
2: Yeah, I'm re- I'm really happy with how not buried. The villains have been since they went up on the main roster. That's it. They did lose to the New Day, but it wasn't clean. Kofi interfered to help the New Day win. Um, they although, got off a
1: whirling dervish.
2: Yeah, Xavier, Xavier Woods kicked out of the whirling dervish, which did bother me slightly. But never mind.
1: I I, I spent about minutes laughing at the name whirling dervish. He I did. was like, this is perfect.
0: They're they're already doing better than the Ascension were yeah. this time last year.
2: Yeah, which is a major plus. Um... I
1: love Void Villains. I'm won over. The name is perfect. The gimmick is fantastic. I love them.
0: Oh. Yeah, that I I think going right back into K word history, we one of the first things we ever talked about was how some people thought the Void Villains wouldn't work on the main roster, and we said. No, I think they've absolutely got the talent and the characteristics to work there, and I'm really, really thrilled to see that they're doing it.
2: Well, that's, that's why we're the ones with the podcast, isn't
0: it? Yes. Well, it's all. just because
2: we've decided to mow off at people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. So, should I watch the tag match, or can it be skipped?
2: I mean, it can be skipped, but it was a good match. Like, I wouldn't say... Like, it's it's skippable, but that doesn't mean you should skip it, if that makes sense. Like, ultimately, nothing of importance happened in it.
1: But, it's not like match of the year or anything, but, you know, it was entertaining. We yeah. had a good laugh watching it. Yeah.
2: The other tag match, Bullet Club versus The Usos, I feel like that match has already been on Raw and SmackDown several times the last month or two, but... It was nice to see... Sorry, the club. I mean, not the Bullet Club. It's nice to see the club win in their first pay-per-view match in WWE. Did they fucking kill the Usos? They won clean, if that's your definition of fucking kill. Um, Nah, like, just
0: absolutely battered. I I, kind of wanted to see a, a squash
2: I was very disappointed that the Usos came back in the main event, but I mean we'll get to that when we get to the main event. But they looked convincingly better than the Usos. I thought. I but, mean, they
1: didn't, like decorate
0: the walls with them, but no. So. That, that still sounds fine. Maybe maybe I will watch the club because, like I say, I'm no only a psychopath is watching. Raw on a month's delay. So, and I would like to see Galos and Anderson in action properly. Yeah. So that might be one that I watch.
2: Yeah. US Title match. Um the Kalisto Ryback match was excellent, but so was Kalisto Rusev. Um and Kalisto lost, which I personally think was a plus. Rusev basically Decided Kalisto was made of putty. Oh, that's then. Instead of having one piece of putty, he wanted two pieces of putty.
1: He is so the tore boy in, the half. Putty in half. Yeah, he is absolutely, yeah, you should see it. It's, it's
2: impressive. Yeah. Oh, while we're on the subject of Rusev, as well as that match being awesome and the right person going over, there were two fantastic things on the Extreme Rules kickoff show. Oh. Uh, that some people may well skip the kickoff shows. I fully understand but there were two things well worth watching on this. Um, the first one um, regarding Rusev every month on the kickoff show, they have um, you, you're invited to tweet questions to a wrestler who's going to appear on the main card and they, that wrestler will appear and answer your questions for you. Yeah. At this time it was a uh, hashtag ask Rusev and Rusev was wonderful in completely ignoring all of the questions <laughs> and just about how great he was. And uh, like, uh, Tom Phillips announced him as, You're going to compete for the title later tonight. And he said, What competition? You know, it's as good as mine already. My mother has phoned up to congratulate me. <laughs> <laughs> then Tom Phillips was like, Okay, well, let's get to the questions. Let's start with question one. And he just puts it in, No, let's start with question three. <laughs> it's, it's such a beautiful troll so that was one of the things and the second thing is the Miz delivered one of the greatest promos I've ever seen Wow. Um, it had backing music and everything Um, he needed two tries but it was worth it this sounds great I I used to really hate the Miz and not in a I'm supposed to hate the Miz kind of way I just actually hated him he has completely won me over. He's one of my favourite people to watch now. Mm. And that promo is a fantastic example of why.
0: My, my notes here say, uh, the last bullet point that I've got, is that at the moment, despite all the great, great technical talent in the IC department, The Miz is the star of it. And yeah. that's an absolutely incredible thing. Like I didn't think... That I'd be happy to see the Miz going over on Cesaro, Owens and Zayn, but I genuinely, when I watched, because that's the only match I've watched of Extreme Rules. I watched it last night, and God, that match is is the best match I've watched this year. And yeah, it's going over Zane Nakamura. Really, yeah, really. that
2: yeah. is praise. I mean, I was, I think it's my. The best match I've watched on the main roster this year,
0: okay, yeah, um definitely the best main roster match I've watched this year, but that moment where zane Cesaro lifts Zane up, Zane flips yeah. over and pulls Cesaro down for the pin, I was just like, Whoa, that <laughs> was that's just one of the most incredible things I've ever seen cesaro spun into an uppercut which was incredible the the entire match i was watching it with two friends who don't really watch wrestling and i just said look guys i really want to watch this wrestling match let's kind of let's put this on and it was amazing
1: yeah Yeah, it was really great fun yeah
2: from bell to bell and i love that the second month in a row the Miz is able to get a cheap win over Cesaro because Zane and Owens are too busy fighting each other to notice him.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: What was the move Cesaro did? The two guys were on the rope at the top. Then there's a guy between them, and then Cesaro picks them all up.
0: Yeah, it was kind of a Cesaro just was a straight slam that went into a superplex. Um,
2: Zane, Zane and Miz suplexing Kevin Owens whilst Cesaro powerbomb both of them.
1: That's the one. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And the, the power, the strength of Cesaro is unbelievable.
0: Like you, you look at the open exchanges, and uh, Zayn has hit uh, Owens with the halluva kick. Owens is out, and then I think the Miz go Miz kind of scarpers. And it's just Zane and Cesaro. Zane's got the armbar locked in, and Cesaro kind of just jumps on his back and onto his heels about ten times in a row. And you just go, just nips up. Yeah, like
2: what? I love of course, also jump. when um, Cesaro would come like before the match even started. While Cesaro was in the ring waiting for the others to come out, he was just doing push-ups for no reason.
1: We can't not mention. Kevin Owens's face when Cesaro came in.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: That glorious two thumbs up sarcastic yes. smile. When, when
2: Cesaro did the, you know, tear off his bomb suit to go into his wrestling gear, the camera just cuts to Kevin Owens doing the proper, well done, that was really impressive, double thumbs up. Oh, my days. It
0: was beautiful. And that that's a really nice moment as well, considering the opinions of people like, Kevin Owens is not is not the guy who's going to be ripping off his Bond suit into...
1: <laughs> Following that was Ambrose-Jericho, was it? Yeah.
0: Uh, oh, no, yeah, it wasn't yeah. his match I think that the Ambrose-Jericho was first. So what's happened to Ambrose? The last two times I've watched Ambrose, and presumably in this match as well, he's gone from my absolute favourite because he's cool because he wrestles in jeans, to... I don't know, he's just... <laughs> Is it is it bad booking? Is he just is his heart not in it? The matches this feud with Jericho hasn't set the world on fire. I've not really backed Ambrose properly since his match with Triple H where he was incredible.
1: Yep. Yeah. No, I agree. There's something amiss, and they're slowly killing him.
0: The the Ambrose-Jericho feud, the whole
2: thing has felt incredibly foamed in. Like, essentially, they're arguing over who gets to do a talk show. It's like, Lance, come on, neither of you are Michael Parkinson.
1: <laughs> like, oh.
2: Who cares? And
1: Yeah, that's the problem. There is nothing, there's no actual reason for them to be having this feud.
2: No. There's like, nothing
1: exciting there, there's no...
2: And then it became, you broke a pot plant over my head. Which, yeah, I get that would hurt, but it just, it's a ludicrous statement.
1: And the thing is, it could be so easy with a single promo to make it mean something.
2: Yeah. And And Jericho and Ambrose are both great promos, even though Ambrose is being sort of forced to dial up the crazy which means nothing. This is
1: the thing, I'm not really getting it because he's not actually being that crazy. No, he's
2: like, just with, acting a bit erratic.
1: Like, is... Yeah, they're obviously like modelling him on Cactus Jack. Yeah. And others of a similar, you know, uh, there was obviously shades of like Perry Saturn with the mop, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, he's not really doing anything that crazy. He's not behaving mm-hmm. in a way that's particularly threatening.
2: He's not like, like it, the problem is, as well, is that they kind of want him to have this whole insane, like, you don't know what he's going to do next, he could, you know, tear someone apart type feel, like a foley Cactus Jackass thing, but they also want to keep him PG and kid-friendly, and they're not, like, it's possible to get those things to go together, but whoever's been writing his stuff is not talented enough to pull that off. Like I remember back to last year, or even the year before it might have been. Um before you started watching, when um like he rigged Seth Rollins's money in the bank briefcase so that when he opened it, it gunged Seth Rollins. And it's like just like Cactus Jack would have done. (laughs)
1: Like Ugh Oh, I don't know. They've
2: been making him rubbish, on and off for ages, and he's just gone through a rubbish phase recently. And I don't think it helps that him and Jericho seems like it should be a really good pairing, but they just put on they've put on now two really boring matches.
1: How could they fix him?
0: Um, they could have him feud with Seth Rollins again. He was great against Rollins.
2: I yeah. I either give him a proper push. Like give him opponents like Brock Lesnar, but have him win or turn him heel and let him actually become crazy in a more sort of dangerous feeling way. Like I, I full disclosure this asylum match, I hated. Like I watched that match and regretted watching it in a way that I didn't think was really possible for an Ambrose match or a Jericho match. And the ending while sickening, was about the only good, memorable part of the match.
1: It had a good funny moment. Funny moment. You, you're okay with spoiling what happens, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. I, I'm a spoiler fiend.
1: Okay, so it breaks the funny rule of that if you bring it, oh, you have it
0: used on you. Yeah, the they have your weapons backfire
2: on you rule. Yeah.
1: So what happens is... uh
2: Ambrose... Oh, I remember the beaming guy. Yeah, off. yeah. Go on, go.
1: Ambrose uh, climbs up the cell and retrieves a bucket from the top that's with the mop. Oh, what's this? Turns out inside the bucket is a bag filled with thumbtacks.
2: Yeah, which I like. I like the idea that Ambrose is psychotic enough that he would introduce thumbtacks to this match without, it. like, anyone realizing he was going to do it. Like that was good. Yeah, um, and, like, and... even if I don't like seeing thumbtacks because you know I I have a soul. I still appreciate that. Anyway, sorry, yeah, go on, because it was funny, and I want you to get to that. I just wanted to get that bit out while it was... And
1: there's a lovely bit of acting where you see Jericho's face. Jericho's slumped in the corner at this point while um, Ambrose is sowing the um, (laughs) thumbtack seeds across the ring. And Jericho in the corner, his eyes are just white, and then he's like, shit, and he's trying to climb out. It's very funny. Um, Ambrose does manage to... um, Dirty deeds, him doesn't he? Well, no,
2: he um Jericho goes for the code breaker. Ambrose reverses it and drops him into the tax back first.
1: Yeah, okay, so and he's then got...
2: delivers the dirty deeds afterwards. Right,
1: yeah, so he's got a lovely back full of the pins. It's wonderful.
2: They're in his elbows. His elbows are bleeding. His
1: tattoos are just filled with pins. I don't even know how that's going to look. It's horrific. He's he's a human pin cushion. It's great. It's I, I don't mind thumbtacks. <laughs> I
2: like how them. different perspectives.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have no problem with thumbtacks. Um, he looks a disaster. He crawls out of them, um, wincing in pain. He's got them in his hands. It's a disaster. And Ambrose is having just one, is cuddling his elbow and screaming at it where a single thumbtack is in his arm. <laughs> yeah. Like he's he's acting like he's been like amputated.
2: Yeah. It's just weird because Ambrose is the one who has a history of like he was in. I'm going to annoy all Americans as CZW <laughs> uh, Combat Zone Wrestling, which basically was the infamous pay-per-view, uh, pay-per-view infamous promotion for its, like, garbage brawls.
0: Yeah, Ambrose Sorry, is, is famous, famous
2: for...
1: CZW, I've just realised it's CZW. Yeah,
2: CZW for Combat Zone Wrestling. That's crazy, no one can yeah.
1: find anything about it online. <laughs> yeah. Okay,
2: carry on. But they have these garbage brawls of, like, You know, glow sticks and stuff like that. And he was in those and just, you know, had a reckless abandon for his own body. And it's one of the things that made him known on the independent circuit. And then. Yeah, Jericho takes a back first and elbow first bump onto the pile of thumbtacks, And Ambrose gets one tack in his arm and he's crying about it.
1: But I liked that because that is a kind of psychotic, unpredictable thing you like, right?
2: Well, he introduces the tacks and he can't take them.
1: <laughs> no, but he has a one and he goes mental over it. And then next time you can do, like, have them be unpredictable, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and it was just a very funny moment. because it, it, it instantly cut from Jericho covered in them looking really sorry for himself, but, you know... Getting on with his life.
3: Yeah.
1: And that <laughs> like, this is my life now. <laughs> I am now magnetic. It wasn't a great match.
2: No. Um, it was about 10 minutes too long, I think. Like, if, if you were to skip one match, Jack, I'd skip this one, and then if you're some sort of sick, disgusting freak like Beck, uh, go back and watch the
0: end.
1: Yeah, like rewind the last five minutes of it.
0: Yeah. Can you imagine, though? When we started this back in, what, January, February, saying, if you skip any match of the pay-per-view, skip the Ambrose match. Because that's a mega, mega fall from grace for me. Like, no one is more devalued, in my eyes now, than Ambrose. He was my absolute favourite, and the guy whose match I would never skip on a pay-per-view to what like he'd lost well he won his specialty match the asylum match but it was the worst match on the card and that included a match with Roman winning in it
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah they need to sort him out they need to
0: and I, I don't think it's Ambrose's fault I think he's doing what he can with what he's given but he's again it's Poor, really, really poor booking just kind of coming home to roost.
2: Mm. Yeah, this isn't a short-term problem. This is something that's been building for, like, years, I guess, at this point. Basically, ever since The Shield broke up and his feud with Rollins had its big blow-off match ruined by a Bray Wyatt hologram. (laughs) Since then, it's been downhill, really. The occasional like you know jaunt up again but for the most part
0: just free falling and... yeah and I think the only major feud that he's won since then has been Kevin Owens yeah and again he was they were both red hot coming off of that feud uh, and I think it's, he He was great against Triple H it's not the losing that I have an issue with it's uh, just he he carried the company on the road to WrestleMania when Reigns was getting booed out of buildings, mm. and I I just don't understand how it's gone so so badly wrong now. I think it's
2: it's so many things. Like I think one of the things is also the feeling of they're trying to present him as this you know unstable and so on, but like that asylum match didn't feel chaotic in the way that it sounds like it should have done. It was just, they fight for a bit. Then one of them climbs the cell. They grab a weapon and come back down. And then it gets used in a spot and then discarded. And then they fight for a bit. And there was no feeling of like the tension of drama ramping up. There was no feeling of, you know, the cage being necessary to contain them and, you know, any feeling of energy. It was just plodding along for over 25 minutes.
1: Yeah, you've actually hit a good point. There was no reason for there to be a cage around him, was
2: there?
1: No. Oh, he did stop Ambrose doing his rope
2: thing. Yeah, but even, even then he did it sort of off the top rope instead of off the middle rope. <laughs> he just sort of leaned back slightly more than you normally would bouncing off the top rope.
3: But,
1: like, when you got, like, say, Mankind, before he was cute, when he was still He was always Uh cute, but you know what I mean, when he was...
2: I know what you mean, go
1: on. Yeah. It was really foreboding and really weird, really unsettling, right? Mm. And that's, you know, they're going to call him an asylum match, you know. They're not, I mean, let's be non-PC for a second. They're basically implying he's a mental patient, right? They're basically implying he's crazy, he's a lunatic, Mm. he's going to attack you. But you don't get that feeling. Like, if they're going for the whole Foley thing, they're not hitting it at all.
2: No. It's because they think that saying that they're going for the Foley thing is the same as doing the Foley thing. So yeah. they can have Mick Foley come on and appear and give Dean Ambrose his barbed wire bat and then say, consider this passing of the torch. And I think that's the same as, as Ambrose actually becoming the new Mick Foley. Nope. Yeah,
3: I
1: mean... They- <laughs> There needs to be something, like, there's nothing psychological, like, about why he's scary, if you know. No. There's nothing threatening about him. Like, they had um, Cactus Jack, what was it? No, it was, I can't remember if it was Cactus Jack or Mankind, with the promo with um, JR. Um,
2: That's Mankind, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was Mankind.
1: Where he just, literally, he was just talking about his childhood, and it was the creepiest, most compelling, awesome thing ever, mm. you know? They say, you like, God, Mankind really is crazy.
2: Yeah. Um, it's, it's the classic show, don't tell. Yeah. They think that if they have it said once by the wrestler and then repeated ad nauseum by the commentators, then that will make the fans think it, even though all the evidence points to that not being the case and that, the fans hate doing what the commentators say they're meant to do. Um, yeah, so the main event, um, you should watch because it was better. Like It was the exact same match as the payback one, yes. right down to they get to the end, the club come out to attack Roman, the Usos come out to level the score then aj goes for the phenomenal forearm but roman reverses it spears him and wins like it was literally the same finish but it was a better match and i know you jack liked the uh payback main event
0: loved it i i thought it was admittedly i was watching it on my own and i was quite drunk but <laughs> i i really really enjoyed it I, I'd fallen asleep during the McMahon section of payback and then woke up and that was happening and Roman suicide dive in that payback match was just really really good uh, <laughs> it was it had a level of grace and a kind of technicality that I hadn't previously seen in Roman, and I was so busy, kind of caught up and going, "Boo Roman, uh, oh, I down our Boo, he—it was a really, really nice move that was kind of—you you take a step back and you go, "Well, obviously they're all standing there; they're standing there to catch him." But then you go, "No, he—he he executed that really nicely," and. that is a move I hadn't seen from Roman Reigns before and how often do you get to watch a match where you go I've never seen Roman Reigns do that before I've Mm. seen him Samoan drop people I've seen him spear people I've seen him Superman punch people god (laughs) like I feel like this isn't something we're focused on yeah how how can someone have a a finishing move called Superman punch without a hint of irony.
2: <laughs> uh, the, I don't know. It's. Uh, oh, while we're riffing on names of Roman Reigns' moves, how come Seth Rollins isn't allowed a move called the curb stomp, but Roman Reigns is allowed a move called the drive by? <laughs> yeah, like, Rome, there are a lot of problems with Roman. Like, you know, there's Roman the character there's Roman the wrestler there's Roman the person that's a dick in interviews there's Roman the champion like there's Roman the movement but that doesn't mean we can't acknowledge that Roman the wrestler is getting better and I think constantly having to match up with the likes of AJ Styles is a big part of why he's getting better I think
1: we did notice that didn't we we said about his conditioning
2: Yes, because this... both
1: of us said, like, oh, this match has actually gone on quite a while.
2: Yeah, the like the Extreme Rules match lasted a good period of time, and there wasn't a a, a really obvious rest spot for Roman. Like, there was a. Um, didn't have a little nap. Payback. Break. <laughs> there, there wasn't a count out uh, defeat for him.
1: We expected that the Usos would come back and cause enough distraction that he could take a bantamap under the stage, didn't we? We thought, oh, he'll take a little rest. It was yeah. fine. Um, you know, get his breath back, maybe have a cup of water. Yeah. <laughs> but as it was, he didn't.
2: No, yeah. And, like, if I had to say... If I had to say um, why this match is worth watching, I think it was better than the Payback match because it didn't have a rest break.
0: Two uh, rest breaks.
2: Yeah, it didn't have two rest breaks. And, like, I, for one, wasn't as disappointed in the finish because even though it was literally the same finish as the Payback match, I wasn't expecting Balor this time. The Payback one, I was really bummed out that we didn't get Finn Balor, whereas I was almost certain he wasn't going to show up at Extreme Rules. So I was still disappointed with the formulaic way the Extreme Rules match ended, but nowhere near as disappointed as I was with Payback. And the actual match, I think, was at least as good, if not better, because it didn't have the gaps, it didn't have... The McMahon's coming out to put themselves over in the middle of the match, and any disappointment from the ending was immediately wiped out by Seth, anyway. So,
0: yeah, I, and I think the only negative on that is that they're trying, still trying, to push Seth as a heel.
1: Oh, it was so funny when Roman wins, everyone's booing as we've come to expect. Boo, boo. Seth comes out, probes him. Yeah, pop of the night. Yeah, <laughs> by far, people are going mental. Then on the floor, they bring him back as a heel. Like, it does
0: what? it? It doesn't matter. Seth is incredibly talented on the mic, but if he's feuding with Roman, he's going to be the face.
2: But that is like, I mean, in a in practice, where well, you're right, but that doesn't excuse how stupid it is like there is absolutely no way that Seth should be playing the heel in this feud no way whatsoever and it's inexcusable but actually inexcusable that they're having him do it
0: they're, they're making him do it but the I, I genuinely think this is a Daniel Bryan moment a kind of moment where the management and the crowd are so, so out of touch with each other that the crowd, the management has to give an inch for the crowd to go a mile. So Mm. they absolutely cannot keep Seth Rollins' heel while Roman's champion. No. So uh, Seth either wins at Money in the Bank, which I think could happen because Roman's not exactly setting the world on fire. Or, like, they just have to go, right, right now, Roman is not doing it as our face. Let's just give... It, let's have Seth be the put-up-on indie darling that we we already know really, really works well.
2: Yeah, I I mean... I think that they won't have the guts to do that. I think they're too set in their ways, as having Roman be the heel, oh uh, sorry, be the face to do that. But I think they should.
0: But has Roman really been the face of any feud since he's been champion, or since before he's been champion? Like Trips was getting at least as as many cheers, if not more, when he eliminated Roman from the Rumble. And yeah. even then, Reigns has been cheered for accidentally spearing Stephanie McMahon and for punching Vince.
2: Yeah. And for feuding with Shameless.
0: Uh, yeah, but we've already discussed why that's Daniel Bryan's fault.
2: Toxic legacy.
0: <laughs> Listen to our earlier episodes available on SoundCloud. Just uh just throwing that out there, a bit of promo. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I do think we've got a flawed system if the only place we promote our show is on the show. <laughs> we need to like get some sort of banner out. We, we should just, get, get to hold, Yeah, get someone to hold a sign up for us at the next uh, pay-per-view.
1: I tell you what, wearing a wrestling shirt actually does... It really helps you connect with people. Yeah. Like Twice in the past week, I've interacted with people. One was because I was at um, Nando's wearing my King Barrett shirt, and as I got to the front of the queue, the uh, man taking my order said, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. (laughs) For a second, it didn't click. And I went, oh, have you run out of chicken? (laughs) And he was like, no, no, your shirt, King Barrett. And I was like, ah. He then spent about five minutes not taking my order, telling me about why he's really upset that Stardust is leaving.
0: See the the exact opposite thing happens to me. I see people wearing uh, wrestling t shirts out in the wild.
2: And you just go, and I go,
0: <laughs> no, I don't go. Losers, I go. Oh god, that's someone I never ever want to be friends with. Uh, <laughs> oh. I know it's bad, but don't don't wear your wrestling t. <laughs> no. Uh, but the, the
1: other time I was at a show, I was actually at a, a youth performance of Little Shop of Horrors, which is my favourite musical. Yeah, it's good. And there was a kid who can't have been more than twelve wearing a Fight Owens fight shirt, and uh, he happened to be behind me in the queue for ice creams in the interval, so I sang El Generico's Ole, 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 and uh, yeah, we struck up a little conversation.
2: And neither of these conversations did you think to advertise
0: our podcast?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm working on
0: that. (laughs) Did you offer to buy the kid ice cream and then drop it on the floor? <laughs> oh, I so certainly should have done. Because <laughs> that—that like—it's nice like, what you are like, Kevin Owens.
1: Hey. <laughs> no, I just um, I and mean, he was like, oh, right, because of the and pointing at his shirt, and I was like, uh huh. <laughs> and that was basically the.
2: Listen to the K word. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, I realized by the way, we forgot the women's match, um, which you should watch because. The bullshit finish it had at Extreme Rules was different to the bullshit finish it had at Payback. It, it was, was slightly, slightly less was, bullshitty. Was by the a bullshit?
1: It was pretty bullshit, yeah.
2: Um, Dana Brooke came out dressed as Ric Flair.
1: To, to distract, Ric Flair's music.
2: Yeah, to distract Natalia, um, leading to Charlotte winning. And then Charlotte proclaiming on Raw the next night that she doesn't need Ric Flair anymore because she won without him. Which would have made a lot more sense if she'd actually won by herself.
1: Fun fact, right? The uh, WWE has a very big following in India. And in India, um, culturally, disrespecting your parents is very, very shameful. Okay. So there's a lot of people on WWE's uh, Facebook, uh, a lot of their Indian fans calling for them to let go of Charlotte. <laughs>
3: Really? It's
1: yeah, and they're saying like we totally understand that it is a plot line, but it's so disrespectful. And like people have like posted photos of like Ric Flair's like sad face and being like, What daughter, what good daughter could have her father, you know, cry and
2: They do know that this is a show in which like Shane McMahon has like kicked a trash can into the face of his father by jumping coast to
1: coast. <laughs> Presumably that would be disrespectful, but I think, I think there's something very sad about seeing a, you know, distressed old man. And even a lot of the American fans were very, very upset by that storyline. Um, like, for instance, when I was looking for um, ideas for the comedy segment, I went on Instagram, and Charlotte's Instagram is the past, like, three or four days has been entirely filled with people... Well, not entirely thought. there's a lot of fans on there as well, but a lot of people telling her what a bitch she is for that. It seems to have really resonated with people, yeah. made people very uncomfortable. A lot of people are remind- reminding them of um, Dusty Rhodes having a similar storyline yeah. and then dying before he came back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, In fact, I actually sent you guys one of the ones I found, didn't I? Yeah, <laughs> which was
2: amazing.
1: Can I just read it? Because... Um,
2: did yeah, it not be
1: up yeah. I had to do something different for the comedy segment because WWE has disabled comments on their website.
2: Okay.
1: I found, I will tell you about what it is, but it's not WWE comments. It's something better. Let me just find it because it was Highly entertaining. Okay, so this is Brandon from California. They did that same "you're dead to me" angle with Cody Rhodes and Dusty Rhodes. Less than a year later, Dusty Rhodes died. I hope WWE doesn't have plans on killing Ric Flair.
0: Yeah. I also hope WWE doesn't have plans on killing Ric Flair uh, I think it would
2: be a poor move like PR wise I mean it would stop him be, appearing drunk on any
0: pre-shows I guess which is a plus Woo! <laughs> now uh, I, we're going to move on to the aren't wrestling fans weird on the internet section in, in just a second but While we're on this, one of my favourite things, I'm a big fan of the taxi service Uber, right?
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And when you're going out on a Friday night or whatever, my first question I ask every single Uber driver is, who is your favourite wrestler? Right? And a lot of the time, it just comes up nothing and they go, well, my son likes John Cena and I'm like, whatever. Casual. Yeah, <laughs> you need to listen to the K word, mate. <laughs> and the rest of the time, when they say Scotty too Hottie. well,
1: let's not sorry. talk about Scotty too hoty yet. Cause oh, sorry, i to <laughs> talk about Scotty too hoty later today.
0: <laughs> but this one time, uh, the guy says to me, "Yeah, I love wrestling." The WWF once did a fake tour in uh, in India where they sent a fake Hulk Hogan and a fake uh, Razor Ramon to come and wrestle in India, because the real guys wouldn't wrestle there, apparently. But they sent fakes over there. That's um
3: amazing.
2: I mean,
0: they do have history with fake
2: copies of their stars, especially Razor.
1: Yeah, Razor Ramon
0: and um, who's it, Diesel? Kevin Nash, Diesel, yeah.
1: It was Clen Jacobs,
0: wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and apparently, the fake Razor Razor Ramon caused the riot because he was fake and he won. <laughs> uh, and I was just like, "This is the best Uber ride ever. You're getting five stars." <laughs> uh, so yeah, if if you are ever getting an Uber, and you think you've gone past the, have you been busy tonight? Just go. Who's your favourite wrestler? And nine times out of ten, they say John Cena. But every now and then, you get a great story about fake Razor Ramon, fake Hulk Hogan winning and causing a riot.
1: If you do this, please put what you found in the Facebook group because we would love to talk about <laughs> this.
2: This is great. Yeah. Since, since you brought up um, fake Diesel being Kane, like being Glenn Jacobs, I just want to point out when they did a story with a fake Kane, it was Luke Gallows. And I'm really disappointed that we didn't get a storyline with a fake Festus.
0: Would <laughs> <laughs> there still
2: time? There, there is still time. That would be an amazing. And that's
1: Scott Hall. <laughs> the circle is complete.
0: Oh. Well, no fake Scott Hall's going to be Zack Ryder, isn't it?
1: Yep. Oh my goodness. You
0: this know is it. Like... It's, it's all connected.
1: This is like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. <laughs>
0: Yes, it is. I love it. Okay. Beck, I believe you've got some t- wrestling fans are weird on the internet or something along those lines. Yeah,
1: well, first of all, I'm going to say an anecdote about a weird thing that happened to me on the internet, um, just because I feel like I have to address it in case anyone sees it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm excited for this.
1: All right. So I, um, I'm not anti... Like, okay... This is going to be a very wild tangent. You, you
2: want to put out the disclaim, the legal disclaimers first? Legal
1: disclaimer. I'm not against all forms of captivity, but I am interested in discussing captivity in terms of how appropriate it is for the psychological needs of animals.
2: I, can I just say, I already knew this story, but I love how completely randomly out of left field that must be for the listeners that don't know it.
1: Yeah. Okay, so, so I think that there is certain animals that should not be kept in captivity... There are certain animals that can without problem, like stick insects. They literally don't care, probably. If we find evidence to the contrary, I will be happily mistaken. There are animals where it's worth talking about. But animals where it's probably fairly obvious they shouldn't be kept in captivity is marine, like large marine animals, like whales and dolphins, because it's very, very difficult to replicate anything even similar to what they see in the wild. And they express symptoms that are very similar to depression and psychosis when they are kept in small tanks. Um, okay,
0: <laughs> that's my news. yeah. Okay, on hey, the <laughs> comedy section. Fully, too fully disclaimed.
1: Scotty Too Hossy uh, <laughs> recently posted a tweet about SeaWorld, and as what happens when celebrities do that? PETA, the um, people for ethical treatment of animals. Uh, sent him their usual spiel of, here's why you shouldn't support SeaWorld. Scotty Zeehorty wrote them a very... read it, it's on Facebook, Scotty Facebook page. Our um, response that basically said, I'm not going to listen to you because you uh, have a racist working for you, which they do. That's a whole other issue. So I commented, it's a shame you didn't really address their points. You just talked about why you don't agree with the racist hire they've got. What I didn't know when I posted that to Scotty Too is that his wife is a dolphin trainer. At SeaWorld. Um, she hasn't been on Twitter very much. I think we found out that roughly 10% of all the tweets she's ever made have been at BJ Frith, which is me.
0: <laughs> yeah that, that was hilarious like scotty two hotties wife has done like 110 tweets and 20 of them are giving you abuse
2: yeah i like how people say that like everyone puts their lives on social media now going by that you are over 10 percent of this woman's life
1: yeah i mean to be honest like you know she has some very good points they're worth discussing she wasn't interested in discussing it. She was very much interested in me shutting up and sitting down, which is fine. I don't know very much about it. All I could do was point her helpfully towards whale and dolphin charities that say, please don't keep them in captivity. But, um, yeah, she asked me, would I would I take her out on my rowboat um, when, when whales beach themselves to save them? And I was like, well, I live in landlocked Hertfordshire. There's...
0: Uh, I don't really know what to
1: say to that like <laughs> no uh, so that was and uh, Scotty Duarte repeatedly jumped in as well um, asking me why I supported PETA why I wasn't anti-Disneyland um, which I felt very bad about and I actually wrote them a longer sort of essay that I sent them as an image sort of saying I did not mean well it wasn't an essay it was an essay in terms of Twitter mm-hmm. I was just saying I'm really sorry I didn't mean to offend you I respect you both I just think that it's worth talking about the best ways to protect these animals, and thank you for your time. Please, God, don't come and beat me up.
0: (laughs) Well,
2: Please don't come and hit
0: the worm on me. I was was literally about to say, like, you'd think Scotty Too Hotty would have a little bit more respect for animal rights considering (laughs) he's made a career off of the worm. Yeah, I just
2: wanted to say I like how, you know, podcasts like to have Respected authorities to, you know, get people to listen to them and to have a claim to fame. You know, like Jericho has got his own podcast and you listen because he's a respected veteran of the industry. And like Cole Cabana's got his podcast and he listen because you know he's spent his entire life touring the independent circuits and he knows several influential people and so on. It's like we can say you should listen to the K word. One of our co-hosts had an argument on Twitter with Scotty T. <laughs>
1: I have to say, I, I honestly, I believe that they believe they're doing the right thing for animals. They definitely think they are helping marine life the best way they can,
3: mm-hmm.
1: which is great. It's obvious our end goals are the same. We just have different opinions on how to get there. I think that, you know, we should study them in their natural environment. They think we should torture them in small fish tanks. But, you know, each to your own, I suppose. <laughs>
2: So does this mean you don't want to rewatch his light like, heavyweight title match with Dean Malenko of Backlash 2000?
1: Oh I'll watch it. I'll love it. Okay. I
0: love it. Okay, so we we've covered you arguing with Attitude Era stars. I'm looking forward to next week where you discuss veganism with uh, Grandmaster Sexy.
1: Oh no, no, I'll discuss it with Daniel Bryan. <laughs> How about that? Do a complete 360 and be like, "Fuck the animals." I'd fight them.
2: Daniel Bryan isn't a vegan for moralistic reasons. No? No, he, he became a vegan for health reasons and said that he really misses being able to eat bacon because he loves eating bacon and can't do it anymore.
3: Oh. Well,
1: well, you know, I, to be honest, I have nothing against vegans. I don't. I, I have no. Do <laughs> you have a problem with vegans?
0: Yes. You know. Wow, you know yeah. they're just so annoying. <laughs> I feel like we've gone off topic. Yeah, we've got we've gone way off topic. but please, okay. say, please save us with some us people being fun. stupider than us so that we can laugh at them.
1: Now, as I mentioned very briefly earlier, WWE have uh, apparently stopped commenting on their website, so you can't. They used to be able to use a sort of Facebook uh, to comment, and now you can't, and. This was very sad to me because this is where I got a lot of my amusement from.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I would spend many long, cold winter nights reading WWE.com comments because they were hilarious. Um, but they cottoned on to it, cancelled them. We enjoyed it. They stopped it.
0: But Camp WWE still keeps going.
1: i have going to watch that. Have you seen any of it?
0: I've not seen any of it, now. But, I, again, I think it's one of those things like uh, the Christian Egg show that is actually re- is bad, but then it gets you and you go, the well, thing is, I'm watching this now and I'm enjoying it. The and Christian show that totally reeks of awesomeness <laughs> is not terrible,
2: like it was. I think initially, like the first couple of episodes were really not funny at all, with the exception of like the odd line here and there, but. It, like the later episodes, like it's not like every joke lands by any means, but a lot more of them landed than in the first couple of episodes, and it actually became worth watching. I think, and like genuinely quite funny, and something mm-hmm. I'm glad exists. Whereas I look at Camp WWE, and like I, I have no interest whatsoever in watching it. Like it's like. It's one of those things where I can see why Beck wants to watch it, but it's not my bag at all.
0: Like, if I wanted to watch a subpar season of South Park, I'd watch the latest season of South Park.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, like,
1: this isn't something new either. Like, Nick Foley wrote a book with the rest of us as kids.
3: Yeah.
1: And it doesn't look like it's up my alley either. It looks very sugar-sweet and adorable.
2: Well, yeah, it's Mick Foley writing a kid's book.
1: What were you expecting? Like, Kane is an adorable toddler that gets picked on. It's like... But I don't know. It does sound like bad fanfic, doesn't it?
0: Um... Well, uh, considering that we've seen close to the worst of fanfic, I, yeah. I don't think it looks that bad. There's no Uncle Wade in this one.
2: I don't know. We've, they've not reached the end of the run yet. Yeah. Okay, I, I will. Latest episode they've been advertising builds up Mark Henry being constipated, and it seems like the payoff is going to be him doing a poo that's like him giving birth.
1: Also, Triple H looks nothing like Triple H in it. Triple H looks like you know, as if he was a handsome person. No, no, I've said that really badly one. <laughs> Maybe look like stereotypical heartthrob, and it's like but he's not.
2: It looks more like nineties Shawn Michaels than it looks like Triple H.
1: Which is quite funny because maybe if that's a look into a Triple H's psychology. Is that what <laughs> he always wanted?
2: I mean yes, but Yeah. Uh, so, again we've managed to right. get off topic. <clears from? throat> Where did I get what
3: these things
2: from? Where did I get these things? recess of the internet did you find dumb WWE comments?
1: I was lost, I was wandering in the wilderness without my safety blanket of WWE comments that I always thought I'd be able to fall back on I decided to look on Instagram Ah. and well, I wanted to use a female wrestler at some point but the amount of like, the torrent of misogynistic abuse against Charlotte
2: Oh yeah, sorry, I was having
0: a bad day (laughs) (laughs) I just had to let out my emotions and she really disrespected the father
2: yeah, I, I can't stand seeing people be mean to Ric Flair like that, so I had to call her a slut and a bitch repeatedly.
1: Yeah, well, all it is is people calling her a slut, a bitch, and a hoe, and I backed the heck out of that. Like, I couldn't be bothered with it. So I thought back to, you know, where did I always used to find funny conversations when I was a child? And um, IMDB... <laughs> Have Raw and SmackDown car- categorised as TV shows. As a result, they have cast lists.
2: Oh, jeez. Which
1: means most wrestlers have an IMDb page. And every IMDb page has an IMDb message board.
0: Okay. Uh-oh. Here we go.
1: So what I've done is, I've got five, and I've taken out the name of the wrestler and replaced it with he, she, they, whatever. And I wonder if you'd be able to guess who these people are talking about, which message board it was posted on.
2: Okay. That sounds like a fun quiz show. Now, there
1: they're all people go. that are currently working within WWE. So
0: there's
2: no, like, Sandow or Cody Rhodes? No. Right, no
0: Ryback. Push Ryback.
2: I like this. Jack and I get to do our very own chump stain challenge.
1: Okay. So uh, this is Dar underscore Matroness. And this is a very easy one to start off with. Um, and so she posted this, uh, not too long ago, last year. I'll play it for you now. I never
3: knew that him and Stephanie were actually married until I came on this site. All those
2: years, I thought it was just a publicity stunt like they always do on wrestling.
0: Wow. I'm kind of shell-shocked. So all those times Mr. McMahon cheated on his wife for real, too? Oh my god. So all the stuff they aired in the ring were real.
2: That, I suspect, was Triple H.
0: Yeah, that's got to be Triple H. But also... What? (laughs) How can you you go, well, that bit was real, so the rest of it definitely has to be real?
2: Yeah, that's, that's how wrestling works.
1: If that's real, then... I nearly said the K-word. Then it doesn't exist. Oh. If that's real, all of it's real.
0: Yeah. yeah. The Undertaker is literally a zombie. Yeah, I like how... Uh, if, if the
2: scope of everything that's ever happened in WWE is real, the part that blew her mind was the idea that Vince was actually cheating on Linda. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not the magical Undertaker zombie or the time like Kane electrocuted Shane's testicle or the time that Triple H ordered a hit and run on Stone Cold or any number of other
0: things. Yeah, any number of attempted murders. Yeah.
1: The thing that, that made me really laugh um, was in, a, in another uh, discussion mm. somebody said about The Undertaker did you really think he was from Death Valley? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh <laughs> it's like
1: I was like, this, this is from 2008, but I really want to jump in with, like, you know Death Valley's a real place, right? <laughs> like, very few people live there, but that's one of the more believable things about his
0: character. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Hit us yeah. with the next one.
1: <laughs> so this is... Uh, uh, let me just make sure it works. This is Lighthouse Productions 8. And, uh, yeah, they have a, an issue with a certain current wrestler.
2: His accent is so annoying. I don't think an Irish accent is supposed to sound that bad. I know he is from Ireland, but I think he overdoes it a lot.
0: I'm going to guess he's got a problem with Seamus, but also possibly Becky Lynch or Finn Balor.
2: Oh, with it being...
0: Um... I'm hedging my bets there by naming all the Irish people. Yeah, you've not exactly... It's going to know... be Seamus though, isn't it?
2: I like how he said, "I know that that's his actual voice, but I think he's overdoing it. He's basically saying Sheamus shouldn't
0: talk. <laughs> what to say. Which, like, not that, not that much of a bad philosophy, fella.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: should let Wade do it all. Yeah.
1: Good you know, old Uncle Wade. But yeah, no, it was Seamus. Tainted. Yep, this this Lighthouse Productions eight doesn't think he should sound like that.
0: And presumably, Lighthouse Productions has an IMDb page of his own, like that he's he's made his films in his lighthouse or.
1: Well, his number, his Lighthouse Productions eight. So I don't know what happened to Lighthouse Productions one through seven.
0: But... They they were
2: trial closed. Just a
0: really uninspired name for a production studio.
2: <laughs> this this is the eighth cycle of Lighthouse Productions.
1: nice well now somebody here is obviously stepping outside their comfort zone uh, for the next one because uh, her name is Lisa Cudrow fan
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay I can't wait for this one
1: and uh, I'm going to say she I'm going to guess it's a she she has issues with a um, a certain chap in WWE so let me play it for you This racist wrestler was never that great. He's probably gay. He must love doing it with a horn swaggle. He was never a good wrestler. Ron Simmons so owns him in everything. He's also the worst denouncer ever.
0: (laughs) So, I'm guessing by the Ron Simmons Association that Lisa Kudrow 8 dislikes... Oh, Lisa Kudrow fan dislikes JBL? Yeah.
1: That's correct. She thinks JBL is gay and enjoyed doing it with Hornswoggle.
2: I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Like, if you're going to begin with that, really.
1: (laughs) I don't, I can't.
2: Nope. I don't know what to say about that
1: one. (laughs) The worst thing is as well, she opens with saying he's racist, then goes straight into being homophobic. Yeah. That's racist wrestler, he must be gay.
2: (laughs) I've got a good Lisa Kudrow-related joke about it, about how I don't know what to say about that one. You could say, I don't know how to analyse that.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I really expected the punchline to be something like, "Well, you can tell she hasn't got any friends." But she, see, that's good. <laughs> no, no, no. I like no that. don't give
2: him. No, no. <laughs> my one was deliberately bad. That's why I telegraphed it in advance.
0: What just happened there was a double turn. (laughs) You're the heel now, James. How does it feel?
2: I really hate having to job for your sorry ass. All
0: right. Come on, hit us with another one.
1: All right. Okay, this is probably the hardest one. Uh, This is number four. Um, Ulterior triple seven has a very strange fantasy about one of the wrestlers uh, on the roster at the moment.
0: What? Could you imagine him as a third grade teacher? That would be funny as hell. He says, put the macaroni on the plates. The kid says, but Mr. Jacobs, I have. He says, put the macaroni on the damn plates. Then the kid grabs himself. I would love to have him as my teacher. Smile.
2: I mean, it said Mr. Jacobs in it.
0: So I'm going to guess
1: Kane? Kane is correct. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who doesn't want Kane as the third grade teacher? <laughs> I like how weirdly
2: specific it was, while at the same time not really referencing anything to do with it being Kane.
1: I oh, wonder, is, is there some kind of macaroni joke that I'm missing in any of WWE's history? Not
3: that
0: I know of. No, it's it's
1: beyond me. Because when I think of like third grade teachers, put the macaroni on the plates, which is all capitalised.
0: <laughs> of course it is. Yeah.
1: I uh, He's a cookery teacher, clearly.
2: I mean, he's got experience with fire to cook
1: with. But, I mean, that would make sense if it was like a barbecue,
2: but macaroni... The only thing I can think of that Kane's ever done that's remotely close to macaroni is Kane Rooney. When Kane did a spin-a-rooney and they called it a Kane Rooney. <laughs> also, since we've mentioned Kane, can I just say there's a recent picture of him where it kind of looks like he's grown out a ponytail and he kind of looks like somewhere between old slimy Paul Heyman um, Penn Gillette from Penn and & Teller and a really scary like hippie bouncer.
1: <laughs> he does.
2: And it's it's the worst thing I've ever seen, including when he first unmasked and had like mascara all over his face.
0: Including the picture of Roman Reigns from the last episode. Okay,
2: he's not as bad as Roman
0: Reigns. jeans, Where he was well, cosplaying as Dean Ambrose. Yeah.
1: Where is he? In that, in that picture, the background is so bizarre. It's like an empty house with like a weird suburban street behind him. It's like, what? Anyway.
0: right. Let's bring this back in. Let's do the last one.
1: There's one left. It's very short. It, it's it's um. R.A. General wants to talk about one of the wrestlers who we've talked about tonight. He wears a shirt to cover. He
0: fat. I'm gonna guess that's Kevin Owens, is it?
1: Yeah, Kevin Owens wear a shirt to cover he
2: fat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You move about anywhere near as well as Kevin Owens does, lad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) R.A. General.
2: I mean, the thing is, that is presumably why he wears the shirt. And he is fat, and it doesn't matter, because he's still in great shape. Like, he has an overweight body figure but it doesn't affect him negatively in any way so who gives a shit
0: he, he can still wrestle for half an hour without needing a lie down do make
2: on Hilo over the top rope
0: yeah <laughs> Kevin Owens is a uh, an inspiration to fat lads everywhere <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: yeah I mean Foley wrestled in a shirt
0: yeah,
2: um, he he. Foley was never in any way near as good a <laughs> shape as Kevin Owens is it?
0: No, I I thought of another good joke, though. Oh, hit us with it then. Fight Owens,
2: fight more like fat Owens, fat.
0: Right. Thank you for listening to the K word. <laughs> this one's the it's last, the
2: last e-
1: episode. This,
0: of- <laughs> this is the last episode of the K word. Uh, we'll still be active on Twitter. It's not really.
1: We might do a sort of spin-off when we cut some of the. Uh...
0: <laughs> I think we a spin-off where you cut me. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's yeah. literally what I was going to say. Oh really?
2: Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've even ruined you announcing. <laughs> i to ask people to cut me out.
0: This has been a disaster. I'm going home. They are some great IMDb quotes.
1: Yep. Yeah, it was. Uh... I'll send them all to you. Um... We'll get great fun. Uh, obviously if anyone else finds any more please feel free to share them with us we would love to hear your favourite IMDB comments about uh, wrestlers obviously I did actually try and look for some female wrestlers um, but people didn't te- tend to talk about them as much um, it might be because a lot of them wrestled under different names so they were harder to find, like for instance Charlotte Flair is Ashley Flair, is that right, like it's a German surname
0: Flair yeah
1: so what I'm thinking is people were less able to find the female wrestlers to talk about them. Perhaps. That's Seems my theory. Legit. Um, and there wasn't like, a lot of it was literally just people saying, I have such a, a huge crush on this man.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: so one person who's posted repeatedly on a lot of the bigger wrestlers pages saying, well, ladies, would you do Batista or <laughs> like, whoever? And the only, like, the title is, Would You Do Batista? And the, the body of the, the question was, well, and an ominous question mark. Mm-hmm. So there's somebody out there who's very interested to find out what wrestlers women are interested in. No one's replied. Let's keep it that way.
0: Right. I think that just about wraps up our episode. We will be back just before the Money in the Bank uh, pay-per-view to give our expert, in air quotes, opinions, predictions, and, you know, overall thoughts about the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, please like or give us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at KWordWrestling. Or like our Facebook page, The K Word. If you've got anything to say to us, hit us up on any of those things and we will almost definitely reply. Uh, with that, I think it's a goodbye from me.
1: It's a goodbye from Beck.
0: And say goodbye to James for the last time.
2: Analyse That is a 2002 Method comedy film. Turn it off. a sequel to the 1999 Turn it off. film Analyse